Kumusta? Ako si Liza Maria, Tagalig Gaspi City, Pilipinas. Kayo ay nakikinig sa My Alien Life with Cameron Brower. Tonight in the studio, Russ Kellett, the founder of British UFO Hunters, joins me. Russ has been investigating sightings in the UK for over 20 years. Russ has worked closely with TV, radio, newspapers, and other media to share publicity information about UFO sightings while remaining objective and conducting research in a purely scientific manner. His experience has put him in the spotlight all over Britain, and he has appeared on many UFO-related shows and documentaries. Tonight, Russ and I will talk about UFOs, why the media has curtailed UFO stories in the UK and his research methods and well-documented history of UFOs in Britain. We also talk about his other life as an interdimensional warrior and how fighting and time travel have pushed his body and life to the limit. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? My Alien Life is recorded live from atop the Northern Rocky Mountains and is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and everywhere fine podcasts are found. My website is at www.myalienlifepodcast.com. There you will find my email address, all previously recorded shows, and more. I am Cameron Brower. This is My Alien Life, and the podcast starts right now. My Alien Life Podcast. My guest tonight is Russ Kellett, who has been researching UFOs 20 years in the UK. I know it's late for you, sir, in the UK, and I appreciate you joining me. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Cameron. Russ, I think it's amazing that I can look you up online and see full-page articles with photos from newspapers, and I see lots of them. You don't see that much here in the US. Are British UFO photos getting more exposure there than in the US? That's right. and. I'll just tell you something very strange that's happened over the past three years. And that is, um, over the past three years, I have been blocked by many of the newspapers that I used to speak with. You're blocked by so, uh, United US newspapers? No, no, over here um, in UK, and it's not only the newspapers, but it's TV and radio. Every year, I would have at least 10 calls from, I would say, um, TV programs, um, you know, uh, production companies. And I would have uh, maybe uh, five or six calls from newspapers, etc. And over the past three years, that has dwindled down to maybe one call about UFOs um, as in production companies wanting uh, to, to do a, a film or make a documentary and the radio shows again that's dwindled down to one or two and the newspapers again dwindled down now this is down to a group of people in this subject an evil nasty part of this fantastic, amazing subject of UFOs and alien abductions, etc., that have got into this um, internet now 
and become nothing more um, than what you would call trolls and um, stalkers and troublemakers. And they've really gone to town on me and um, another chap. And when we've been um, going out um, on, you know, sort of like um, TV and radio shows, if we've publicised this on the internet, what this group have actually done is they've actually called in, they've either rang, rang or they've emailed companies that we've been talking on, you know, like maybe a radio show or a TV show, etc. And they have sent all sorts of propaganda and um, attacks and slander about me. It is just, and one of the people, if you see this person's resume, what they've done in life, yeah, it's like something like a tramp at the side of the road. You know what I mean? It amounts to something like that. Right. Nothing. The dregs of society. And these people have been ringing round, right, yeah, um, because I, I, I love my country and, and, you know, like America, most Americans, I should hope do, and fly the flag. Because I do, you get called all sorts for doing that. You know, being a patriot, you get called racist and, and all sorts of things. So they've got to slander you. You, you know what I mean? So, like I say, so um, just unbelievable how these people now, with the help of the internet, get away with things. They, they can't, you know, they cannot um, substantiate anything. It's all lies and propaganda. And that's one of the problems that we're having. That is one of the problems that we're having. Um, that if if you're trying to get this subject out there, that you have these groups of haters trying to stop you. So do you feel that... You um, know, and if you go on to... Do you feel that there's an effort um, by somebody out there to... Um, to feed the news media dead ends and wild goose chases. So now the media is bombarded with all these negative things that they're, they're having a hard time um, finding people like you who are giving uh, legitimate stories that have legitimate research into the UFO phenomena. That's right. Well, if, if you have a look at, if you go on to um, YouTube and you look in on YouTube for RJ Kelly, um, Russ Kelly, UFO hunter, um, you'll see that I'll, there's about 10 videos up there. I think there's about six of mine and four of another friends. And we used to go out and film these craft. And we'd call somebody in as an expert, you know, to have a look at the footage. Um, a gentleman part of the Expert Witness Association. So he goes to court and he can put people in prison by you know, looking at footage and, and telling the courts, yeah, this is right or this is wrong, etc. You know, um, so we called a professional like that to look at our footage. And the, the, the thing is, he cannot tell us what the footage is, what he's looking at. He can tell us that the footage isn't aircraft, helicopters, um, you know, astronomical effects in the, you know, um, it's not um, meteorites and, and stars, planets, etc. Um, you know, um, it can tell us what it isn't, but it can't tell us what the the videos of what we filmed are, if you see what I mean. So, you know, um, and if you have a look, that it's some of the best footage on YouTube. I mean, I filmed something like a flying man falling out of the sky. Um, a dolphin in the sky. You can actually see me getting zapped by a UFO as I'm filming it. And it's, it takes about one split second and I'm hit by, um, I think it's about six objects in a flash of a second. Right, yeah. Uh, then I've uh, filmed flying triangles coming out of the sea. Um, my friend, he's filmed um, flying saucers. 
Um, there's one that I've got to put up there that isn't up yet, which is a landed flying saucer. So, you know, we're spending time getting out there and filming these craft. And these people are ringing round, telling, you know, radio um, studios and, and, you know, uh, TV companies, oh, um, don't have him on your show. You know. <laughs> so, do, so do you think that's an individual so, effort or a group effort by who would that be? Um, just your basic internet well, is, stalkers, or yeah, there there is a group of have done this. Um, you know, and you know, it, it's like if you look what they have done. I spent it's actually thirty years I've been in this this actual subject for thirty years, and what have they done? And if you put like forward video footage right yeah you put they've got no video footage they've got nothing only slander and accusations if you ask them about ufos and about this subject you know there's very little they can tell you this is a problem now if um if you have a look here at the side i've got a filing cabinet full of information of ufo reports if you go on um, the British UFO Hunters dot com, I, I think there's um, quite a number of reports there you can look at. You know, um, going back to, I think it's even the fifties. You know, so I mean, we're doing things to give information to the public, right? Yeah, and to be quite honest, because of all this that's happened it doesn't really make you want to do anything. It's like um, we was going to update and upgrade the websites. Um, and, you know, um, because of ill health as well, you know, it doesn't make you want to do anything. It, you know, it's like we're doing things and, 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 you know, sort of like we're getting attacked. And, you know, the media now, you know, sort of like when they start stopping listening and, you know, sort of like is a problem because from having a good repertoire with the, the media, you, you, you're sort of like now up against it, if you know what I mean. So you, you, you started about 20 years ago or more, um, yeah. What was the one thing that made you get started in, in UFO research and, and what was it like dealing with the media back then? Right, well, I started because I had an incident on my motorbike when I was riding home one night. Um, I'd been to see somebody at a pub, but I wasn't drinking. Um, and it was about getting um, um, a, a, a job um on me, me chopper um, done, you know, um, an engineering part needed doing it and what have you. So um, this chap didn't turn up. So I had to basically go on because I had work the next morning and, you know, sort of like it was early start. So I thought, can't hang around all night. He's not here. So I better. So anyway, um, on my way home, I came to a level crossing and there was lights coming down. And I'm uh, oh, right, so it must be the red lights coming down, you know, for the train to go past. So I stopped, obviously. And um, what happened next was very strange, where I was immersed in light, and I'm looking around thinking, is that somebody behind me in a truck or something? They're, they're a little bit too close because I could feel the heat off of this light, you know. So I'm looking around, and there was nothing behind me. The road was clear. Then I noticed that the light was coming from above. I looked up, and as I'm looking up, I started to feel like I was floating, and it was a real amazing feeling. And then the next thing, I was back on my motorbike and looking around. These lights, these red lights, were back up in the sky. And to be honest, I can't remember the train going past. But anyway, so I carried on my journey home. And um, on the way home, I could see in the distance there was this um, ball of light, and it seemed to be 
in line with me and it seemed to be getting closer and closer to me and I could see it going over buildings and I could see going over trees and coming closer until it was at the side of the the road and I could see it massive big it was like um it was like silver but it was like white inside and this thing just flew in front of me motorbike and flew across up into the sky and so I pulled over the, the and parked up my motorbike at the side of the road and I watched this thing you know like um, in the distance and I thought wow that's that's just unbelievable so I'd had a thing, I must admit, I, I smoked back then, and so I, I lit a cig up, and I'm watching this, thinking, wow, that's amazing. And it was a cig, it was nothing else, you know. So I carried on my, my journey home, and I came to uh, just outside my house, and I could see that uh, the house lights were all off. And usually, you know, sort of like at that time, there'd be, you know, little lights on, because my dad would probably be watching television, etc. So I got in and I realised it was a lot later than than what I thought. And the next morning I was awoke to my mum shouting, come on, Russ, get up, you're going to be late for work. So I got up, you know, straight out and straight to, <laughs> straight to work. I got in the, the works, just got through the door, took my helmet off, and one of the women that I work with shouts, Russ, have you seen your face? And I said, have you seen your face? And she says, no, no. I'm being serious. She says, look at your face. It's all suntanned. Huh. And I said, don't be silly. And she said, no, go look. So anyway, I had a little office, and I went in the office, and uh, sure enough, where my helmet had been, I had an half-faced helmet, you know. And you could see um, it was like sunburn. And back of my hands and my neck, you know. So I'm presuming this must have happened because it wasn't like that when I went out. And it wasn't, you know, sort of like, so it, it must have happened, you know, when I was at the uh, the level crossing, you see. So anyway, um, a few days later, I'd gone to see a friend and we were laughing about it. And he said, it's like something out of Close Encounters. And I says, it is really, isn't it? He says, yeah. And he said, um, you know, I've got a book somewhere. You want to read this? And it's about um, close encounters and UFOs. Anyway, I sat down and it took me a few weeks and I was reading it, like, and, um, you know, it, it sort of like it, it rang true a little bit about what was going on. And more and more things began, began to happen. Like, I was going down this same um, road and... I remembered going down a tunnel and there is no tunnels, you know, sort of like um, down this road. But yeah, I remembered going down this tunnel and feeling really odd and coming out of the other side. And this happened on about three or four different occasions. In fact, one occasion I was, I was going down this tunnel and I thought, this tunnel again. And the next thing I remembered, I was coming out of the tunnel in the opposite direction that I was going down it in the first place when I first started. And I came out and I was a little bit sort of like, um, how can I put it, um, a bit off-put, you know, sort of like. And I was slowed down to a, um, a very slow speed, almost coming off my motorbike, almost, you know, like um, at a standstill. And I pulled my throttle back to, to you know, to, to set me off again. And looking around, and then I flew past this car, um, with this woman driver, you know, looking at me like, where did he come from? You know, so strange things started happening. And, you know, it was... Um, around, you know, lights, uh, being immersed in a light and sort of like having this, you know, sort of like um, this, um, like sometime, <laughs> uh, although it was the back end of the year, you know. 
um, and going down these tunnels. And then I was in my bedroom and I was listening to some music. I remember it was a, a tape. It was back then, you know, 85, I think it was, uh, 88. And um, listening to Monsters of Rock. And um, all of a sudden, the wall in my bedroom turned black. And these, what I can only describe as like um, people, like tall, dark shapes, walked through the wall. And they were like um, silhouettes. Or people, I, I hear people say shadow people. But like silhouettes, you know. Um, and one of them in particular was actually talking to me and telling me all sorts of strange things, you know. And um, and I'm saying, no, I'm not going to do Oh, yes, you're going to do this. And I'm saying, no, I'm not going to do that. And there's like a conversation going on. I'm being told I'm going to do something. Um, then um, I'm, I'm shown images of what's going to happen like in the future, I think. And, uh, and there's like all sorts of sounds and um, the sound seems to be um, delayed a little bit, you know. Um, it wasn't like watching a television. It was like um, watching an, an image and, and sound coming later, if you see what I mean. It was really bizarre. So this is one of the reasons why I, I started wanting to, you know, find out more. And then, so the beings that you saw in your bedroom, what did they look like? Uh, would you describe them as, like um, tall. yeah, um, just like tall, you know, like frogmen, wow, you know, frogmen, skin divers. So, what was the next you step know? then? Once you got interested in and you decided that uh, you're going to learn more about your own experiences. Um, where did you go? Where where were you going back then to get uh, information about UFOs? Well, basically, um, looking around the libraries and, and seeing, um, you know, you, you could go up into the, I think it was a fourth floor, and you could look at um, some of the old um, news clippings. And... I asked if you had any news clippings on UFOs, and they said, yeah, you know, like, so they brought this section out with box files to have a look at um, local UFO um, reports, you know. So then I set a group up, a local group, um, you know, to, to get people together that were interested in the subject and to find out more ab about it. But all the time this is going on, um, I'm having strange things happen, you know, on my motorbike, you know, um, I'm remembering things, strange things like being in a, a, a room and in this chair and this chair goes back like um, a, a dentist chair and I have this tube um, put into me throat and it's like I've uh, got an helmet uh, fixed to it. And th this goes on me, on my face, you know, over my head and what have you. And, um, but it was like, how can I put it? Um, not in sequence. I didn't remember it all as it happened. It was like things coming and going, you know, like uh, the memories were like, um, there the wasn't, there the, the was staggered, if you see what I mean. Sure. So, I'd remember something that happened in the middle first, and then I'd remember something at the end, and then I'd remember the beginning later on. And it was me being put into a military unit with these aliens and given this um, very thin cloth-like um, suit. And when you put it on um, and you turn this uh, dial, it tightened, really hugged, you know, figure-hugging. And then um, having this helmet and um, a, a weapon, and then training, um, and it was like um, in this big arena, and um, basically being taught to to be a soldier for this alien race that we was fighting for. 
So, you know, all these memories and then, you know, um, where we lived, the, the underground bases, um, where we've lived on this planet and other planets, and the bases that we've actually um, taken from other alien races in a war, you know, that um, has been waged for, for, you know, for years. So, you know, all this is, you know, sort of like basically just mind-blowing. When you're remembering things like this and then, you know, um, who can you tell? So at that time when you have all you these know? different memories, were was this um, interrupting your normal life? I mean, did things drastically change and were people noticing that change within you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the changes is um, health. And uh, from being quite um, quite fit, you know, I wasn't quite fit when I was younger, but in my 20s, I, I wanted to learn, you know, like boxing and, and stuff like that. And so, you know, um, I started to get fit. And what happened then, you know, I had a motorbike, but I didn't really drink. And I kept myself in shape, like I say. Um, but after all this happened, um, when I had the sunburn on my face and, and what have you, and then, um, you know, going missing, you know, down these tunnels and then being put into this military unit, um, you know, my health just deteriorated. And I was diagnosed with something called, back then it was called ME, um, myalgia encephalitis, or now they call it fibromyalgia, and I think um, another name for this is chronic fatigue syndrome. Sure. So, you know, um, and the amount of people, because of my research that I've come across, who have been abducted and have either ME, fibromyalgia, or myalgia encephalitis, chronic fatigue syndrome, is just unbelievable. So the link is there. Um, I was shot down by somebody, uh, one of this group again, one of these fools, um, saying, oh, no, you can't say that. Well, I am saying that because it's happened to me and I'm saying that, you know, I'm putting it down to this. And when you're meeting other people and they're saying the same thing, that, um, you know, um, before they had been abducted, there was okay, and now they're not. It's just not me saying it. Now there's a group of people saying it. You yeah, know. and I've actually talked about people in the last uh, week or so about that, and it's and it's very common. But at that time, um, you you obviously your health was deteriorating. Did that continue, and did these um, experiences continue over a over a extended period of time? Well, yeah, it's, it's been over thirty years. So and it's I'm still happening. Now, but, oh yeah, uh, up until uh, two years ago. Um, and I had um, implants taken out of my ears, my eyes, and my nose. And um, I've been suffering now for nearly two years with, um, the don't know what it is, it's like my ear. It's always damp inside. It's like, um, you know, uh, I've got to go again to the doctor next week. And, you know, I've had eardrops, I've had all sorts, you know, and I just cannot get it. And I had a radio show, and I had to stop because, to be quite honest, um, you know, my hearing was really bad. Um, you know, sort of like, it's just not too bad now. It's not better. So I've, I had to stop actually, you know, um, hosting the show because it was so bad. So what is it, do you think, so, happens where... Um do you think they're using us for some purpose and then that, that affects our health and, and we can no longer function oh, yeah, on course, earth as yeah. normal? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I say, I, I was put into a military unit and uh, basically um, people call us super soldiers. Um, not so super, not now, because when you get on earth, you know, we, we've got these illnesses back here. Um, and I put that down to the way that we travel. 
um, there's there's two ways. There's teleportation, right? Yeah, that's one of the ways. And the other way is time travel. Now, you know, um, we're not meant to to travel like this. I I don't think so. And I think this is one of the problems that we're having. Um, that you know, um, we, we sort of like we we we're not doing what we meant to do, you know, as humans, it's like, um, so this is one of the, one of the things that we, we have to, to put up with, you know, um, and that is that, uh, well, because of traveling like this. Well, and I think the other thing too, is the activity that, uh, people, I mean, various people do various activities when they are away, when they've teleported or when they've had some sort of time travel and, um, it, it's really taxing on the body you know, in addition to your normal routine, which, which for some people that that's even too much because, um, you know, now we're, we, we work way too much and have less free time, but it's got to be very, very taxing on the body to live those two lives. That's right. And the other thing, of course, is the, the, the name gives it away soldier. So what are you doing? You're basically fighting a war. And, you know, we do get injured, you know, sort of like I, I've been shot, I've been in a, an explosion. Um, and, you know, there's a school of thought that um, is that, you know, all these injuries that we sustain back there, we bring here with us back when we, when we come back. And I'm just a babbling wreck, you know, sort of like I'm on painkillers every day. You know, sort of like just to try to do the normal things like walking, you know. Um, and my me, me doctors even, you know, told me that, you know, I think you're taking too many painkillers. But, you know, if you need them to get through the day, what can you do? Right. One of the things that I think is unusual and unique about the United Kingdom, and, and, and this is a good thing, that they have an amazing historical written record and their reports even of uh, fantastic lights and objects that go all the way back to the 12th century. That's right, yeah. Well, I mean, we have one of the first cases just before Roswell um, in uh, 45 here where we had um, a craft came down at the residential home of Sir Winston Churchill. And um, it was just after the war. Well, no, just after the, 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 the Germans had surrendered. And some people um, thought it was some kind of um, SS machine, um, which was their last dance trying to kidnap um, Sir Winston Churchill. The, the thought it was um, like the bell, you know, this device, like this time machine. Um, and I've been researching that, but I'm, I'm just eating me, I'm just banging my head against the brick wall at the moment. Well, that was 1945. So, um, but the, the problem is I've got so many different avenues, you know, sort of like um, we've been a researcher, but, you know, um, actually being a, an abductee as well. And, you know, it, there's so many things that I'm trying to do at the same time. And Bill Elf is just stopping me from doing most of the things. So what about your team? Um, are you still getting together and, and doing investigations when needed? Well, to be quite honest, there's there's like about three of us now. Um, and we're, we're looking to do uh, so we're looking to do something a little bit different um, shortly. Um, we're grouping up um, as like individuals um, on a project. So it, it won't be the British UFO hunters. Um, what it'll be, it'll be um, three or four individual UFO investigators working together um so the name is immaterial um there'll be a name for like um the the tv show that um, we're putting out but um you know we'll be you know sort of like um doing it t together but 
like you say, separate investigators. I think it's interesting that, um, you know, there, I've heard other experiences like that you had back in the, in the eighties and, and that continued on. But, um, and also you just spoke about the, uh, the Roswell of the UK. There's also, um, back in the fifties, King George had an interest in, in the occult, the paranormal. And, um, in 1954, he said that, uh, or he told, um, the UK prepare yourself. You already become the voice of an interplanetary parliament. So any idea what that was about? And do you, do you remember or know anything about that? Well, like I said, there was a war going on. Um, and all I can really say is that, um, you know, there's more than one alien race and most of the countries around the world are dealing with, um, at least one um, race of aliens and working together and you know um, maybe our country are dealing with a different race of aliens to Americans the Americans different to the ones in South America the Canadians different the Russians different the French different but you can guarantee that they've all come into contact with alien races and you know the governments know all about it and the problem is that um, like i say there's not only a war going on on this planet you know but there's a war going on on all the other planets and the other planets are populated by aliens although you know, you, you might not believe it, you know, um, it's like just because we couldn't live on those planets as like humans doesn't mean to say the alien races that live there don't live there. You know, they might not look exactly like us, um, but you can guarantee that there are definitely other races living on other different planets. And this is a big problem because there is a battle going on between these aliens and, of course, um, you've only got to look at the Second World War to realise that uh, Germany had help. You know, um, I think even uh, von Braun actually said, didn't he, that um, the, the technology that um, they had were not from this this planet. If I remember rightly, his statement says that they had help from the others, you know. So so does the UK have uh, UFO hotspots? I mean, the, U- the United States, um, people have, um, have shown a, re- a relationship with uh, UFO sightings and nuclear power plants. Does UK have UFO hotspots that are consistently seeing unidentified craft and, and what would the draw be? Well, you just, you know, I've had somebody contact me just this week um, about filming UFOs above a nuclear power station. So uh, that's strange that they asked that question. And so, yeah, um, that is one of the, you know, sort of like uh, areas where um, people do say that uh, there is activity. Now, I've never come across that until this week. But as for hotspots, what you've got to remember is that, um, you know, these hotspots or UFO capitals will change, you know. Um, for what reason, we don't know. but. For, you know, um, there'll be quite a number of reports in one area for a certain amount of time, maybe a month, two months, three months, etc. And then it'll move somewhere else. We've had, for three years, very little in regards of sightings. You know? Um, and again, I don't know whether that is because uh, my computer's been at in the past few years, quite a number of times, my website's been hacked. Um, so, you know, we're not sure why, 
but we have not had as many reports for three years. I mean, we're not quite certain why. Um, but like I say, you know, um, these things will move around. You know, the one one place will be a hot spot or a UFO capital woman it, and then it'll go cold. And then somewhere else will pick up, you know. And that's just the nature. That, that's the nature of these things. One of the you things... Yeah, one of the things that I like about your website is that um, that you uh, you're willing to share this information. You have information in a vast amount that you've collected over the years, and um, you talk in your website about uh, sharing that information with the media and sharing that with other researchers. So, um, in the UK, do you have any respected colleagues there, or do you have any respected colleagues uh, nationwide, worldwide that you you share information with and you're able to network with to um, understand this better? <laughs> Let's just say that um, I'm, I'm just trying to think about how can I put this. Um, I would say that. Um, after 30 years, and we've got a, a website there sharing, you can grab a look at the information. Um, I have got, what you see there is nothing compared to the information we've got to put up on on that website or a new website shortly. Uh, but like I say, um, I was looking after somebody who was ill or had cancer for seven years. So um, I wasn't able to to really do anything or, you know, uh, because the person took a lot of care, you know. Um, and then now becoming ill myself, you know, there's, there's one of these things where um, there's a lot of things that need to be put up on the website. But I'm finding, to be quite honest, um, because of being blocked and of all these problems and what have you, I'm, I've got to this stage where I can't be bothered networking with people. You, you know, um, I find that people will come to you when they want things. You know what I mean? I think well, that's true. I'm no, lo I'm no longer that person that I used to be. And that is, I do what I do for me now, you know. And I will put things up there. And yet, if you want to have a look, have a look. If you don't, you don't need to. You don't have to. Um, I'm, I'm not doing things for other people anymore. I'm doing it for me. So are, uh, the witness accounts in, in the UK, um, I, I haven't done a lot of research into that. But are you seeing that witness accounts, your own witness accounts, and uh, other witness accounts in the U.S.? And the UK are are they same or are they different? Are they have are we having the same experiences you are in the UK? Um, well, mine is totally different. Uh, you see, like the, the the thing is from what used to be contactees and abductees, now we've got this damn thing which is experiences. You know what I mean? And oh, God. You know, these people, you know, well, was it a dream or was it real? Well, if you don't know, if you've experienced something and you don't know whether it's real or a dream, pack it in because your brain should tell you, if you don't know, forget about it, move on, go on to something else. I remember almost everything about my abductions, right, yeah? So why do you th why do you why do you think that is when when so many other people are are basically they don't they don't remember anything they they do suffer ill health effects and things like that and they have you know all the the hallmarks of an alien abduction but why do some people remember and some people don't We're not supposed to remember um, I know that uh, I had an head injury which um, could have been one thing that set all this off um, so that I remember. Um, then I had um, a, a, another, um, a, well, something very strange happened where I had memory loss, and I was rushed into hospital again. 
um, because they, they didn't know whether I had meningitis or whatever, or the, maybe a brain tumour. Um, and I was uh, on a isolation ward. Anyway, I came out of that. And, um, you know, the, the fact is, we're not supposed to remember. I know why I'm not supposed to remember. I can tell you now why I'm not supposed to remember, but why I do. And a feeling that maybe I've said too much. Um, and that is because we're part of a team. And these aliens and people from this planet um, are looking for a place in the universe, right, yeah, which is home. And they want to destroy home as they want to destroy Earth. And if we know how to get there and we know the coordinates to get home, so will they. And what they'll do is they'll go about trying to destroy home as they're trying to destroy Earth. So maybe we're not supposed to remember. Do you think um, that that ability to remember also... um would contribute to uh, some of your of your health problems. Say again, sorry. Do you think that uh, that ability to remember or those memories you have contribute to your health problems? Um, in in what way? I don't know. What well, you mean. it's it's a traumatic event. It's it's very different than than what you've experienced here as a as a normal human being without those experiences. So. Um, is right, it, is it a stressful thing to remember those things and it exasperates your uh, your health problems even further, knowing what is oh, happening? Oh, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, you know, like uh, traveling the, the way we travel, you know, um, it, it is, uh, it's one hell of a rush. And, you know, if you're one of those people that, uh, you know, like uh, roller coasters, if you don't like going on a roller coaster, and you're you're going to be taken in into a different time. That's what it feels like. And if, if <laughs> so, you know, you can imagine if, if you're not a person that likes roller coasters, and that's the feeling when you travel. You know, what I mean, it makes you really sick and ill. You know, for one thing. Um, then there's the other um, travel. You know, um, teleportation again. You know, sort of like um, it's, it's just not like you're riding the park, you know. So that makes you, you know, if you're a bit squeamish and a bit, you know. So yeah, I see what you mean. Um, it could have, a, you know, it has a, it does have a, an effect on us. There is no doubt about it, you know. It has effect on the, on us uh, as health. Did you ever have any um, anxiety because you were worried or or or? Re- didn't want to participate in any future travel or future fighting? Uh, yeah, that, I should imagine, yeah, I, I think I have, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, when you're telling somebody, no, you, you, you know, I, I'm not going to do that and you're not going to be taken, and yeah, of course, yeah. So right now, um, it appears there have been uh, many sightings um, in the year for for years and years by uh, military pilots in the United States, and um, lately that we've had uh, news reports and things like that of nature of um, UFOs spotted visually and by telemetry um, by our U.S. military. Um, a lot of these sightings, uh, most of these sightings were, were by military, um, and they had a few uh, a few videos that they had posted online and, and on the news here in the United States of the telemetry of these fighter jets um, engaging with these UFOs. You know, why why do you think that this is this we're seeing this now on the news, and and why aren't we hearing of uh, passenger planes and and commercial planes and uh, private small aircraft experiencing these UFOs and engaging them as well. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that because the actual video um, that it shows and it keeps on showing is absolute garbage. You know, uh, when it shows you um, a, a fighter jet and 
it's old that, it's old news. I remember seeing that years ago. It wasn't good then, it's not good now. As for pilots, you know, um, actually um, flying airlines, they're not allowed to tell you, you know. They're signed contracts saying, a little bit like, um, you know, with the, um, with the military, you know, um, they, they sign an official secrets act. Apparently now, if the, the air pilots uh, have seen anything, they're sworn to secrecy, you know, and they may lose their job. Now, if you've got a, a pretty, um, a pretty cushy number flying, you know, sort of like, you know, planes about, and you've got the high life. Wow, you know, he's a pilot and, and all this lot, you know, um, and you've got a good income, you know, you've got a, a nice big fast car and a house, you know. Are you going to say anything to jeopardize that? No, you're not. No chance. So there've been you some know? there's been some pretty violent events in the UK for hundreds of years that would uh seem to lead um to many ghost opportunities and things of that nature and other paranormal sightings in the UK. Have you ever been involved in any other kind of paranormal studies other than UFOs and aliens? Yeah, yeah. Um I I started up uh, looking into um ghost hunting. And um, to be quite honest, I've left it well alone now um, because aliens I can deal with, demons and, you know, things like that. No. Um, you know, when I first got interested in this, my sister was convinced that I'd let a spirit into the house or something um, when these things walked through my bedroom wall. And she wanted the house um we we couldn't get a priest in, so we got somebody to bless the house and to bless the house. Um and you know, she said something which made sense and that is keep away from these things because I read a l- little bit um, about ghost hunting and about ghost poltergeist and now my belief is, you know, Keep away from things like that. The dead are dead and leave them, you know, sort of like let them rest. This is something totally different. Um, so that that's what I do now. I, I you know, I just deal in um UFOs, alien encounters and abductions. I also um started looking at big cats because we had a, a number of big cats reported, you know, like um these big cats like, um, um, you know, like tigers, uh, panthers, etc., which are not native to this country, but have been seen roaming around, you know, and they've been seen roaming around where there have been UFO reports as well. So I did start looking into that. But to be quite honest, you know, the problem is you stretch yourself out you know, and, um, you know, really, I'm sticking to one thing now, and that is reports that are coming in of um, unidentified flying objects and flying saucers, etc., and uh, alien abductions. So I'm just sticking to that now. So what's this going to look like in the future? Are you um, are you going to go out and, and um, do more investigations or um, are you semi-retired? I'm just wondering um, who the big players in the in the British UFO research are right now and and uh, how willing they are to 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 work with other people, you know, like yourself out there. Uh, well, when you you know, it's funny you should say big, you know, I hate that. <laughs> Oh, the big names, and you know, somebody said that, and I got, I got uh, unfriended because you know, who are the big names in this? Because I'll tell you now, um, I see people talking in America at conferences, and I don't know what the hell they've done to get up there and to to talk about UFOs and aliens. That's a good point. I've I wondered really that don't. myself. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I, Nothing new they've brought, nothing new to the table, right? Yeah, 
There is nothing new. I've got things here in video footage. If you look at RJ Kelly um, on the and um, UFO Hunter, Russ Kelly UFO Hunter on YouTube, things you know that uh, amazing footage, you know, and sort of like some of the research what I've looked at, you know, my own research about me being abducted and video footage of a landed craft where I live and, you know, um, the research. And I see my research here, right, yeah, and I see people in America and in this country talking, and they're talking about Rendlesham Forest, for God's sake, you know, and, and Roswell. You know, hasn't anything happened after that? And the problem is, and, and this is a big problem, that, um, you know, everybody wants to talk about UFOs and what have you, but nobody wants to go out and do the research. So we're going, keep on going backwards to Roswell. We're going back to Rendlesham Forest and, you know, and sort of like, Where's all the new information coming forward? There's you no, know, there's not, a, there, there's not a lot of new information, and I think it's interesting that you mentioned Roswell because one time I said, yeah, there's so many people um, investigating Roswell. I think most of them have brought, mo <laughs> a lot of them have brought most of Roswell back home in their, uh, you know, a pocket full at a time. It's, it's uh, getting a lot of attention. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's embarrassing. It is really embarrassing. I, I'm embarrassed when, when I see the people talking and, and I'm, I'm looking and I'm, I'm seeing people paying good money, right, yeah, and there's nothing new. There's, and I'm thinking to myself, this is unbelievable. You know, there's people spending real good money in America and in this country and, you know, sort of like, I've lost better footage. Honestly, I've lost better footage and some people will ever see. I was looking at your you footage know? online. I think it's kind of remarkable. You have some really good uh, videos of UFOs. So um, how is it that you're getting this footage? And is it because you're an observer and you're, and you're looking up where these things usually are? No, it's because I'm a contactee. I'm an abductee. So you're not going to be around me, are they? I mean, I, I made a documentary with um, Bravo TV years ago. And uh, we were out there filming, and the cameraman put the camera away, and were walking away from us, and uh, they said they'd see us um, the next morning before they went, and, you know, sort of like have a coffee before they went. And as they're walking away from us, they noticed something, and they started filming. And there's these balls of light flying around, me and my friend, Jody. And so, like, they said they couldn't make this up, you know. These things came down and started flying around us, you know, after they'd stopped filming. So they started filming again, and, and this is what happened later on, <laughs> you know. And, yeah, so, I mean, these things will come around us. If you're an abductee and, you know, you've been taken, yeah, I am being watched, and I'm being watched all the time. So we have abductees and experiencers out there who report all the time these really fantastic interactions with aliens, and they love it, and it's it's part of their life. Um, but you had uh, experiences that are not so good. So, uh, um, do you believe these? Do you believe these accounts by people who are having these wonderful experiences, or do you think that's real as well? Yeah. Yeah. These, these experiences, they, they don't know whether it's a dream or not. Yeah, it's a dream. <laughs> Go away. Um, other people, well, you know, let me just tell you now, when you're abducted, right, yeah, you know, what you'd get in this country if you was caught abducting somebody would be something like 15 years in prison, right? Yeah. So that tells you something about abductions from the word go. They're not a good thing. So all these people that are talking about a good thing, we can't be talking about the same thing that I'm talking about. You know? It's like, it's ludicrous. It is absolutely ludicrous. 
you know, um, the the people that I know, you know, um, that have been abducted. Well, t- I was talking to one guy um, in, in America, and um, uh, he just wrote a book, um, Kelvin uh, Parker. Amazing, you know. Um, you want to hear what he says about these things, you know, sort of like when when they came and, and took him. You know? I, I actually had Calvin Parker on the show about a month ago and yeah, his experience was not good. And, um, you know, that to me, that's one of the, the classic, uh, UFO, um, alien abduction stories of all time. And, and that was one yeah. of the things that really got me interested in it back when I was a kid listening to this, you know, back in the seventies. So when do you first yeah. remember hearing about Calvin Parker? Um, oh, again, it had been years ago, years ago, in the 80s, I think it was. Um, and it was just, you know, sort of like some pictures I'd seen on um, the TV program. And then that, that were it. But now we've been getting this book out and, you know, when, when he, he, he tells you about this thing, you know, and she grabbed hold of him and he, he punched her in the head and, you know, sort of like there were blood everywhere. You know, that, that tells you that the, the mind frame that he was at you know, sort of like he wasn't happy about it and sort of like he was in pain, this thing sticking something down his throat and, and you know. Um, so, you know, that rings true to me. You know, I, I was like that. I was scared stiff myself, you know. Um, any idea to- Any idea how many species we're dealing with here on Earth? Oh, hell yeah. Well, let's put this way. Every, every alien... That I've come across as what you would call um, an ally fighting alongside it. Well, one of the ones that I've seen now is like a tall blue alien, you know, like the alien grey, but they're like blue and they're about uh, six foot, um, at least six foot tall, maybe even seven foot tall. And they seem to be working alongside the Chinese. And, uh, you know? yeah, what kind of work are they doing? Well, the the same as us. They're, they're working on alongside the, the, the aliens as um, what you would call backup in, in uh, their military. Just as I'm in a, a military unit for this, um, this alien race that uh, we're fighting with. Now, the thing is, they never tell us, they never told us where they came from. You know, they never, they, you know, they never tell us uh, where they came from. Uh, you know, all as we do, as we do, as we told the soldiers, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's a there's a popular movie right now in the United States. Um, well, it's available worldwide, but uh, real popular right now called Bob Lazar, Area 51 and Flying Saucers. Are you familiar with Bob Lazar's story? And what would you think of that one? Well, yeah, I mean, I'd... <laughs> I remember Bob from years ago when I used to read the magazine, you know. Um, so, uh, like people have said, well, you know, like if he didn't work there, you know, people have seen him there, you know. And, um, you know, there's people that have said that, yeah, he did work there. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a strange thing, really, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's it's very unusual, and 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 it's you know it's it's unusual that there's there's really only one person with this with this account, and you know it's interesting, and I think that's interesting too that there's so many people out there that have had abduction experiences or other kind of experiences, and there's so many unique ones, and I have heard ones experiences like yours. It, to me, it sounds like you know um, relating back to my own story. You you had a, a an experience that you know most people definitely wouldn't want to have, and and especially since it's been going on so long. I mean, to me, that would just cause me a great amount of anxiety, knowing that that you know could potentially happen again. Oh yeah, yeah. There's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's, I, I don't think it'll happen again because I put too much weight on, and sort of like <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Uh, you know, 
I am going to be running around and what have you with, but, but the, the, the problem is, and the thing is, we talked about time travel. So, I mean, sort of like there's, there's no end to what they can do. Right. Russ, please tell everyone where they can find you and British UFO hunters on the internet. You can find me at um, the website is BritishUFOHunters.com. Um, and you can find us on YouTube at Flying Saucer Television. And on YouTube, you have a bunch of um, your own UFO footage, which I think is really amazing. Yeah, that's um, RJ Kelly and Russ Kelly, UFO Hunter. If you have a look, um, I forget which one. I've got that many now. Um, I'm going to be putting some new uh, footage up shortly. I know it's late for you, Russ, and thank you very much for being here. My guest tonight, British veteran UFO researcher Russ Kellett. Sir, thank you so much for joining the program. Thank you for having us on this show, Cameron. Thank you very much, Russ. This will be on um, Tuesday night. Usually I do Wednesday night, but next week is a holiday here, so I want to give people a little extra time to to watch it during next week. And um, so, yeah, Tuesday night, about 10 p.m. Um, Montana time, which is, we're I think that's probably about um, four in the morning for you, uh, Wednesday. Right. Can you send us a link? And, oh, uh, yeah, I'll send you. Absolutely, absolutely, man. I'll send you all kinds of links, and um, I will uh, um, tag you on Facebook, and, and uh, I'll promote the heck out of it for a long time coming, so... Um, you, you know, so yeah, every day I usually, I post, you know, 10 to 20 different podcasts, the previous ones and, and, um, people will be uh, listening for a long, long time. And I thank you very much. And, um, you take care, sir, and keep in touch. Cause I would like to hear some more from you in the future. Right. Well, thank you. And I will say good night and God bless. Good night. You can find my website at www.myalienlifepodcast.com and please subscribe to my latest downloads at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and at podbean.com. And please follow me and like me on Facebook and Twitter. My Alien Life is written and produced for broadcast at Studio 254 in the Northern Rocky Mountains. The music you are hearing is produced and created by Elion. You can find all Elion's work online at Heart Dance Records. Music